0: Welcome to the Talking with Tata podcast. I'm your host, Andy Schneider, also known as Tata. I am very excited to welcome the founders of City Kid New York, Jackie Rosenberg and Maggie Madden. City Kid specializes in supporting children through academic tutoring, test prep, and toddler and baby group classes. And one of the important things that you will all take away from this podcast is. It's not about the end result and the product. It's about the process. And we've discussed this in other episodes, but really they are two former educators. Actually, Maggie is still working in a school full time. They really believe that it's the process your child goes through, whether it's tutoring and working with that tutor and eventually getting to know the child and eventually they get into school or just painting picture of Picasso or themselves whatever that they're doing in that class and really letting the child explore using their senses their hands it's about how much fun they're having and what they're learning and exploring
1: our whole concept is developing the whole child over time even though we started with working with elementary age children with kind of like bringing them to these art museums and and neighborhood walks we then kind of brought in you know the aspect of tutoring into our business and then from there our our business really grew and changed with our clients need and also with covid and the way that the world changed
0: they really tell us a lot about what it's like to work with a business partner with different skill sets. They each have their own set of skill sets and they balance each other out, which I find is really important.
2: Our strong suits complement each other in this really beautiful way that I think we kind of acknowledged in the beginning, but didn't realize the depths of until we got further into the business. Yeah. So we've actually been growing and building City CityKid for seven years. Wow. Just seven
0: year anniversary. I'm excited for you all to listen to today's episode. This week's Tata's tip of the week is to make comments. And it seems silly and it seems so easy, but making comments really means to remark or observe something that your child is doing. So whether this means you are handing them a bowl of soup and you comment, the soup is hot. You're not asking questions. You're not throwing open-ended questions. Is your soup hot or what are you eating? That is our instinct to ask a bunch of questions. When you're reading a book, you might flip through the page and say, what do you see on the page? What color is the pig? What sound does it make? Instead, your child learns by what you are saying to them, and they imitate exactly what you teach them. So we really should be making about three, maybe two to three observations or comments for every question. What does this mean? Again, you want to comment on every scent, seeing, hearing, tasting, smelling, touching. I hand you a plate of chicken. Wow, your chicken looks so good. I see that the chicken is white. I think the chicken's going to be hot. And then let them eat. Is your chicken hot? So yes, you can still ask questions. Questions are always great. But really commenting on observations that you see. This doesn't just have to be during playtime. This can be during routine or even just bath time, going to bed, dinner time, whatever you are doing wow, the dog is saying, woof, woof, can you bark now? And letting them really respond. If your child is a baby, they might not respond other than looking at you or moving their head in your direction. But if your child's two or three, they'll probably answer or repeat back to whatever you said. If you barked, your child will most likely bark back at you. And that is this week's tip to make comments as to what your child is doing. I'm very excited to welcome the founders of City Kid New York, Jackie Rosenberg and Maggie Madden. City Kid is a program that specializes in supporting children through academic tutoring, test prep, and toddler group classes. Which you guys know that we love it talking with Tata. So, welcome both of you.
1: Thank you. We're so Thank you. Today here and to to talk.
0: So we wanted to just get started. I want to welcome you to the podcast and I want you to both tell us a little bit about your backgrounds and education and just really why you got started with City Kid. Jackie, why don't you start us off telling us a little bit about yourself? I'd be happy
1: to. So I went to Indiana University and studied elementary education in my undergrad. I then went on to get a master's in TESOL, which is teaching English as a second language. Okay. Certified to teach basically kindergarten through 12th grade. Most of my experience at that point was um, within elementary education. And my first job was for the New York City Department of Education as a second grade ESL, second self-contained classroom teacher. So basically I had a classroom of second graders who were all English language learners. There was about, I had like 28 students. Wow. Maggie was also a second grade teacher at the same school. And so that's how we met.
0: Oh, okay. So you have that common interest in education, a
1: common interest and love in education. Um, we were on the same grade team. So we worked together, planned together. The following year, our classrooms were actually placed next to each other. and Maggie was teaching second grade, gifted and talented. So we had very different, a very different like body of uh, students in our classes, um even though we we're both teaching second grade you know, we still collaborated at that time. We were also both math leads for our grade. And so it was like more work that we were doing together, more planning time together where like our relationship and friendship really like blossomed at that time. We also were both tutoring uh, after school on our own privately. And we were just like all about not just education, but just like every minute of the day being spent in a useful way There was no wasted time. So I think we both were just like had this shared interest of like learning, growing, doing, and working. Mm -hmm. And so at that time, we really were building like our own client base without even really realizing it, Mm -hmm. where families were like referring us to each other. And I think we started to realize like we had something and we kind of wanted to join forces When we initially joined forces to do something together, it actually was not for tutoring, but for, at the time we were called City Kid Explorers and we were a day travel camp. Um, And I'll let Maggie kind of talk more about what that was, that we offered on days off of school, spring break, midwinter break, and summer. And so that's how like our company really started And then everything else kind of grew from there. But I'll let Maggie kind of talk about what that program was.
0: Wow. I didn't realize that you guys did that, which is actually a really interesting idea, really like filling the gap for people who maybe need to keep their kids busy or stimulated or learning. Um, Maggie, I want to hear about your background and tell us a little bit more about that as well, please. Yeah.
2: So I went to UC Berkeley for undergrad and I studied social welfare with a minor in African American studies and like a focus on Education. So I actually wrote a thesis at the end of my senior year all about no child left behind. And I was really passionate about ed reform, specifically for you know populations of need. Mm -hmm. So that was really my focus. So I got into teaching actually more with the idea that I wanted to do policy work eventually. And then I just fell in love with teaching, being with the kids. I saw that's where I felt I could make the best impact. Mm -hmm. And still in the classroom, this is my 15th year teaching, (laughs) wearing a few different hats. Uh, with Which city is kid and not fatigue.
0: easy because I mean, there's a lot of teacher fatigue. So I'm pretty impressed 15 years is uh, especially these Thank days you. with COVID and everything. Like that's pretty impressive.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's a little bit of a different world, but I, yeah. I truly love it. So I have my master's in early childhood education. I've taught kindergarten first, spent a long time in second grade alongside Jackie, and now I'm in third. Okay. So I kind of have my feet in both like the early childhood and now the upper grade world. And you're currently teaching? I teach with the DOE in uh, Park Slope, Brooklyn. We sort of joined forces. And my big passion when we were teaching together was field trips, especially we were in a Title I school where a lot of kids had not you know, necessarily left. We were in like Flatbush, Ditmas Park, Brooklyn. So a lot of these kids had not gone into Manhattan, explored museums, um, and I studied abroad in Paris during college. So a big passion of mine was like art history, education through art, just exploring culture. So I would plan all these field trips and I, you know, include Jackie's class, we'd plan them together and we would go on, you know, exploration through neighborhoods like Chinatown or Little Italy. We do different museums, like history museums, art museums. And I just got such passion from seeing the kids experience Mm -hmm. some of these things for the first time. And so then Jackie came to me, was like, wait, I have this idea. Like, we love working with kids outside of school. We love planning, you know, these, as we call them, like educational day trips. Like, there's something here. So, that's really where we started. And so, like she said, on, you know, summer vacations, spring break, stays off of school, we'd have a different focus. So, maybe it was like a week at the Natural History Museum or, a week at the Met and we'd do an artist a day and we'd study different you know types of art or different periods in history and the art that they featured. And we would do hands-on experiences with the kids, like read-alouds that connected, then art making inspired by the artists. So that's really where we started. And then as Jackie said, it kind of snowballed. We have just kind of grown, I think, with the needs of our client base. So a lot of our clients were like, wait, your teacher's we need a tutor. And at that time, we kind of felt, which I'm sure we can talk more about, like, yes, we found that there was a need for parents having access to teachers who could support their kids. I think at that time, a lot of tutoring companies had really smart people, but oftentimes they were, you know, grad students or, writing a book and having time to tutor, and they didn't know the common language that teachers and kids use. They didn't know the strategies to reinforce. So then we kind of evolved in that way and started offering tutoring, and it's grown since then in a lot of different ways.
0: I always think it's important to actually be tutored by someone who works in a school or formerly worked in a school, in my opinion. I mean, I had a lot of tutors growing up, but sometimes they were you know, maybe moms who were in their 40s and they didn't necessarily know the curriculum that was going on in that moment. I don't think we realized it then, but now looking back, I think there's such an importance to, first of all, curriculums change. And I also think just trying to like keep up with the methods and just making it more fun now. I feel like there's such an importance to that, how you're yeah. still working and how you guys both have this experience with second grade and just teaching all these different things. How you go to art museums, you know, you can teach someone without opening a textbook and sitting next to them and just going over the textbook.
1: Two things that you said there like were so important, like curriculums changed Like at that time, especially... The the strategies for teaching math have had changed so much like families would be like, we don't know what to do with this homework. And I think if there wasn't someone current in the classroom, and they weren't really up to date with like these new ways of teaching math or literacy, it wasn't like serving the children. Well, so I think families saw the value in that.
0: Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what is City Kid. You know, I know from my perspective, what I've seen, I think you guys do an amazing job, whether it's your tutoring services or your group classes, your pods. Um, you. It seems as though you've really developed this incredible business over the past few years. So tell us, you know, simply what is it that you guys are looking to do or what you are doing?
1: Our whole concept is developing the whole child over time, even though we started with working with elementary age children with kind of like bringing them to these art museums and, and neighborhood walks. We then kind of brought in, um, you know, the aspect of tutoring into our business. And then from there, our our business really grew and changed with our clients' need and also with COVID and the way that the world changed. Pre-COVID, the youngest age that we worked with was really like three years old. Mm-hmm. During COVID, our clients, our families really were looking for in-home like pods where we would take a room in their home, turn it into a classroom. We had one of our teachers, almost as if it was nursery school, mm-hmm. in their home. And so that really changed like the game for us in terms of like what we were offering. At that time, our youngest clients were like 18 months. Instead of kids, instead of toddlers going to school, families obviously didn't want their 18-month-old or their two-year-old remote learning learning. Or they weren't comfortable sending them into the classroom because it was a really like scary, unknown time. So families were getting together with groups of friends that they, you know, trusted and felt comfortable with. And they said, we have these, you know, four families. We have these four children. We want to have school five days a week in our
0: home. Outside of the city as well, correct? You did this in the Hamptons? Both.
1: Yep. We did it in the city, like in apartments, in um, rental building spaces that weren't being used. And then we also did it in the Hamptons. Okay full year, um, just as the way like a nursery school would be running. From there, we just kind of continued this idea of pod learning, which we saw to be like super successful. And so that we still do. From there also created a program for our even younger learners, um, as young as nine months. So we have a few different programs. We have Kid Explorers, Mm -hmm. which is like a sensory music program starting for nine months. And then we have our preschool prep program, which starts like at 18 months. And so for city kid students, they like start a Kid Explorers graduate into preschool prep. We also have our art program, which is like an extra extension that they can do in addition to either of those programs. And then from there, they kind of go into like one on one tutoring. We really start offering at three years old.
0: So it's interesting. Both of you have taken different passions that you have, you know, whether it's art history and art or education and tutoring and your connection with other people and you're really putting your talents and skills together and you're, you know, showing it to these families. You know, you start them in one program for a certain, you know, eight to nine months or six months and then you're building it and as they age and it's almost like you've built your own education system – and they graduate from one class and they kind of are building their skill set. And then at three years old, they do this whole tutoring program, which I think is awesome.
1: Yeah. And I think from there, it's like there's a relationship with the family. We really get to know each other well. Yeah. You know, the child really well. And so we really think of ourselves as just like developing the whole child. Does that mean that someone has to start with us at nine months? No. We still have families who will come to us when their child's five, six, seven, eight, or 10, or they'll come to us for test prep for certain exams at different ages. But if your child is young enough and you do start with us at that point, I think there is this idea that we can kind of hold your hand along the way and be in it together with you throughout your child's, like, whole education.
0: Tell us a little bit about your new class, this art class, and how things have really changed with the curriculum for you guys.
2: Yeah. So it's called That's So Artsy. It's really come full circle from our beginning. So we started, like I mentioned, doing museum visits, spending a lot of time at the Met, the MoMA, the Whitney, a huge passion of mine. So we would study an artist, read a book about their life, do art inspired by them. And while we had some younger kids in our program, like three and up. Like Jackie mentioned, we generally had more elementary age mm-hmm. kids. So what's been really fun is taking that concept and now adapting it to the early childhood space. And so we do the same sort of structure of each class, how to assist and we make art inspired by them, but it's brought to a level for our, our youngest learners. So we have a um, Jackson Pollock inspired class and the focus mm-hmm. is primary colors. So we read mouse paint and learn about colors and how they you know, come together to make new colors. Um, and then they do splatter art and kind of have fun waving like these foam sponge wands with paint. We have a Frida Kahlo class, which is my favorite. And in every class, we pass out uh, pictures of the artist's artwork so they can, you know, really get to know and see. Um, and then they in the Frida Kahlo class, they have mirrors. And so they're able to kind of just, you know, work with their own reflection which is really fun. And of course, every kid's going to access it in different ways. Our class goes up to age five. So four and five-year-olds can maybe do something that feels a little more like the model, so to speak. But we're just all about the process. So it's process, art-based. How are you exploring the materials? Maybe some kids want to use a brush that day. Some kids want to use their hands. Some will get in there with their feet. And (laughs) with each class, we also have stations to allow different opportunities to engage with the concept Um, So if it's primary colors, like I mentioned uh, previously, maybe sorting balls based on different colors or just noticing the different colors of balls, playing with them. We always do something fun and engaging with a light table. And then typically we have sort of a free art exploration space where kids can use different tools to make their own Mur- murals and works of art.
0: Mm-hmm. And something important you said were was that some days children might want to use their hands. Sometimes they might want to use a sponge, their feet, you know, their tongues, whatever it is. And you really never <laughs> know what you're getting that day. And I think it's important that you guys are so flexible and, you know, you're teaching such important things. You're bringing culture and even just living in New York City, you know, the museums and you're bringing everything you right. guys have learned into your classes, but you're allowing children to learn while also just doing their own thing, which I think is some programs are a little, a little bit more rigid and strict with that. And I love how you guys have a little bit more freedom with that.
1: Yeah. I feel like when I think of even like myself, like in when I was younger in an art class, and I remember being very like stressed about like the product and like, is this going to look good in the end? And I think the design of this class, even though maybe like a nine month old isn't like thinking that or a two-year-old might not be thinking that yet. It's still about the process and not the product. And like, we're instilling that now at this young age and continuing as they um, get older to be more engaged with the process of creating and not the stress of like, what it's going to look like in the end. And Maggie's always been very, she's always really stressed that to me, even in the beginning years, I feel like before even like process art became this like thing that it is now, Um, That's always been something that's like really like rang true for her that kind of changed the game for me in terms of teaching in general across the board and applying that to like all aspects of how we teach. Mm -hmm. Um, Like not worrying so much about like the result, but like being more engaged with the process of learning and creating and doing.
0: And I absolutely, and I'm happy our Tata community can really listen to that because bringing it back to them, you know, it doesn't matter what the final product is. Is your kid enjoying? Are they learning? Are they exploring? And that's, I think, you know what talking with Tata is. That's what City Kid is. Um, so we completely yeah. agree with that. And then, do you guys have relationships with schools so that you know, you know how to guide parents in terms of what school to choose? Is that part of your program as well? So yes and no.
1: Okay. One, when it comes to prepping kids for, let's say, like private school exams or interviews. We're 100%, you know, that's a big part of what we do. We're 100% able to do that and do it well. When it comes to really guiding families through that admissions process, which school is the right school for you, we usually refer our families to admission counselors or companies or consultants that we trust really like know that world well. Like we think of that as like a, as a different kind of mm-hmm. a different world. We're more about like working with the child rather than helping families through like navigating that process, filling out applications. I
0: think that's important that you can distinguish between the two. You are the educators, you are helping them and really connecting with the family and getting them to that yeah. point where they feel confident to you know, meet with someone and then, okay, now you can choose your school. Um, But you're really getting them that fundamental skill set to go to the school. So I think what you do is probably the most important element.
2: Thank you. Yeah. And I think
1: it's same with like speech or OT. You know, in the past families would say, you know, I think my child needs speech or I think my child needs OT. Like in that, in, in those instances, we refer to speech pathologists and occupational therapists who are specialists in in those fields, just like we're specialists in our field. Mm -hmm. So we definitely like stay in our lane in terms of like what we know and what we're experts in. And I think that's also really important to not try to, like, wear all the hats. Like, it's important to, like, wear the hat that you know you're a specialist in and can provide families that. um, Absolutely. Look,
0: there's importance of collaborative approach where we know each other. We're in the same network. I can refer people to you. You refer people to us. You know, we know what we're good at and we know our skill set. And then you kind of refer elsewhere, which I don't think everybody has. So I think it's a talent to be able to refer to someone else at times. You know, I think that's one of the most important parts. So you guys are business partners and co-founders. How do you divide the responsibilities? You know, that's something that I know a lot of people struggle with. Do you guys, does it come naturally for you or is it really important to kind of have these boundaries and balance between it all?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I think Jackie and I both, we've kind of always said this. We have our strong suits complement each other. In this really beautiful way that I think we kind of acknowledged in the beginning, but didn't realize the depths of until we got further into the business. Yeah. So we've actually been growing and building City Kid for seven years. Wow. Just year anniversary. But really in terms of dividing and conquering, I am more on the curriculum sort of facing side of supporting our instructors and our tutors, visiting classes or sessions to give feedback and kind of help support our instructors and our tutors with their best practices. What does a kid need to be most successful? What tools can we use? How can we modify lessons? Helping them come up with the initial tutoring plan, right? So how do we start sessions with this child. What's our jumping off point and helping to guide families to kind of what Jackie was saying earlier about supporting families. I think where we're really strong with that is helping families to understand how to engage their child in educational ways without it feeling like I'm drilling my kid or mm-hmm. like, oh, got back from school. So we help guide families in these ways you can sneakily reinforce concepts and engage your child and really be their partner in that. Yeah. And so then Jackie is really so savvy with some of the business end things, really connecting with people and thinking of how to help our clients, connecting with them and and supporting them. And I think that's really how we divide. I don't know if you want to speak on that, Jack.
1: There's definitely a lot of gray areas for us. Those are typically like roles that we felt into like comfortably. Where Maggie's definitely more of like the curriculum, you know, handling like the materials, and I'm definitely handling more of like the the business side of things, yep. more front facing with our clients.
0: And how do you feel social media has really changed your business? We've always said we're not like the best with social media
1: and marketing. Our business has really grown from word of mouth. I think just families, moms being happy with our service and what we offer and telling each other and talking about it. Just so lots of referrals and word of mouth, good relationships with um, schools and teachers that just know the service we offer. But we always talk about wanting to have like more of a presence on social media. And um, I think that for us, that's like a work in progress because I know that's definitely like the world we're in. And
0: I don't know if I make it look easy. It's not easy. I can be the first one to admit that this is something that it's a second job for me. I mean, I it's not yeah. natural. And for some people, it does come natural. But it seems like you guys really maybe you don't need it. Maybe you guys are just thriving. It seems like you are thriving via word of mouth. I know I see a lot of people posting your classes online. You know, what you're doing is working. So I think that is awesome. And I really want to just finish off. I really want to ask you, when you're hiring people, I know I've dealt with the struggles of hiring teachers and tutors, or I don't really do the tutors, but you guys are doing the tutors. You know, what do you look for when it comes to hiring someone? Is it their education or is it how they communicate with families? What's your go-to when you're really looking to hire a team?
2: When I'm interviewing someone and it kind of goes off script, right? I have typical questions I ask. And when we start talking shop about teaching and education, and all of a sudden I find it's been 20 minutes and like we've just kind of connected on that level. That's when I really just feel this sense of, because for a lot of what I look for, sorry, a lot of what I look for is just, are we on the same page about kids and how they learn best? And I think by really talking to people about like, what's your day to day in your classroom? What's your experience with kids? I can really get a sense of they're passionate about helping children. A huge focus of ours. And while it may sound cliche, is just learning should be fun. Like, how are you engaging? Kids in your classroom, how are you making learning exciting for them? Absolutely. Just through those more natural conversations, mm-hmm. I feel like I really get a sense of like you get it, you share our values, you share our mission, and you know it, it goes off course. And I don't necessarily need to ask these very prescriptive like questions about how do you do X, how do you do Y. Right. And I will say it's not you know necessarily educational background. You know we do want teachers that have experience and you know have their have studied education, have a master's. But that's, you know, really, it's more how, what's your lived experience? Absolutely. Like, yeah. And, and and I
1: think it depends on the role we're hiring for. For our, for our tutors, we definitely look for someone who does like have, you know, a master's in education and has, like Maggie said, the lived experience of being in the classroom. Mm-hmm. For our toddler classes, we definitely look for someone who has early childhood experience, whether they've been in a preschool, whether they've, spent many years babysitting, but for us, it's more of even like a personality when, especially, you know, when we, when it comes to, are you going to be the right fit for us? You know, for working in our toddler classes, it's, are you a warm, enthusiastic, energetic person that's going to be engaging for small children? We've considered bringing, um, you know, someone on our team who let's say has taught in a pre-K classroom for many years, but maybe they didn't have that, like vibe, that enthusiasm To really be engaging where someone who hadn't been in the classrooms had had that like that, like X factor that we look
2: for. And I think to piggyback to really like responsiveness, which, again, is, is hard to gauge, but we're really big on, like Jackie said, developing the whole child. But so much of that is like just knowing in the moment what that child needs, especially with our early childhood classes. Right can you notice how a child's engaging with the material yeah. and connect to that and support that? And, you know, I, we always talk about how, while the intention of the activity might've been like sorting balls by color, some kids are going to be collecting. So they're going to take a bin and want to collect all the balls. Some are going to want to throw that, you know, it's, how you but how that. can you, their schema of play is different. And so while it might not go with what, you know, the prescribed idea of the activity is, we really want teachers who are responsive and can continue to drive the learning in, in different ways in the moment. So that's huge okay. for us.
0: Absolutely. And I think, look, that's something we deal with where when I'm hiring people, it's it's not always about, are they the smartest? Are they the most educated? Sometimes it's just, how do you speak with the children, the parents, especially when you guys are doing your tutoring? I mean, look, you're sitting with a child for an hour. They probably want to be on a playground playing somewhere. It might not be yeah. what they want to do. How can you, know, you make your team so that... They are, you know, supporting every child since every child's really different. So it's extremely important. And I think the way, from what I see, the way you guys really manage your team and hire a team, it's incredible. I just want to say how amazing
2: our team is and how much we love and value and appreciate them. And like, they continue our work, you know, outside of what we can manage. So we yep. feel so fun. And if
0: you guys love them, they love you. And I think if your team's happy, everyone's happy. So it shows, you know, your parents yeah. will be happy. And I think that's great. And when, where can yeah. our listeners find you guys?
1: In terms of finding us, we have classes at various locations throughout Manhattan. So you can definitely like go to our website and see the locations. We are at a new location in Dumbo, a new location on the Upper West Side. We also have classes at Union Square Play, we who we love love working with. This summer we're going to be at Children's Museum of the East End I on saw Mondays. That. Yep. Yeah, so we'll have three back-to-back classes and then outside of our kind of like open dropping classes, we do a lot of private okay. um, in-home so if families want to set up a private experience, they can reach out to us. As long as we have availability, we'd be happy to to help and, and set up classes.
0: Great. And your website is citykidny.com? Yep. Yes. Perfect. And as well, the Instagram as well, citykidny. Instagram City Kid New York, spell yeah. that. City yes. Kid New York. Okay, perfect. I'll make sure all of our listeners know that and follow you guys. And thank you guys so much. I think your program is good. I was so excited to have you on cuz what you're doing, I mean, look, I know the intricacies of how difficult it is to form this business and you're on your 7th anniversary, 7th um, year anniversary and really what you do is extremely important for people. I support it. I think it's fabulous and thank I you know. hope you guys th- continue to thrive. Thank,
1: thank you, you so much. you too. Yeah, and this was I'm so happy. fun.
0: Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Don't forget to visit Talking With Tata on Instagram and on Facebook.